This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And I think our audience knows that, yes, we love Minnesota sports, but we might love wrestling and the WWE, Declan, more yep. than we love Minnesota sports. Because Minnesota sports just like let us down every year for 30 years, but the WWE does not let us down. And so tonight is the Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam, Target Center, targetcenter.com if you want to snag some tickets. And Natalia is joining us for the second time on our show, which makes her officially a friend of the show. Friend of the show. You're part of the team. You're a friend of the show now. (laughs) So um, Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, so thanks for coming in here and making some time. Uh, We just love to pepper wrestlers with dumb questions because we love watching you perform and we know nothing about your world. Um, outside of what you tell us. So what was what was SummerSlam like from your perspective? The largest audience ever for SummerSlam? And the most viewed SummerSlam in WWE history, which is yes. crazy to think because it's it's next to WrestleMania. It's one of our biggest shows of the year. So it's huge. Yes. And we had uh, just some of the storylines, too. You had a cashing in of Money in the Bank with EO Sky. Right. We had, uh, and it sounds like it was, an awesome organic moment where Brock does the the handshake to Cody. You had the bloodline storyline. So a lot of fun storylines and things sort of happening right now in WWE, it's, I feel like. It's an exciting time because of the stories. And so as much as like, you know, it's funny because there's a lot of debate within, you know, what's interesting, what's fascinating. Why is WWE booming right now? And, be, and the company really is like, I mean... Every show is near sold out, if not sold out. Money in the Bank sold out in one minute. Yeah. Um, SummerSlam was the most viewed SummerSlam in history. And, you know, every year, every show, actually, we just keep breaking records and records and records. But I think it's because there's stories. And you look at the Bloodline story, and it's fascinating because even for me, I know I'm a performer in the company, but I also see myself as a fan. And I think that's so important. I'm like, what do I want to see? What would be interesting to me? And I look at the bloodline storyline and I'm like, it's just so fascinating because families fight, but families also make up. So <laughs> after these guys are done fighting, they're probably all going to be friends again. Yeah. You, know what, but it's, like, you know what's funny is like, so I, yeah, I, I don't know how much, and this is another question maybe for later on here, but you know how much you pay attention to, you know what people say. I want the story to go this way and whatever. Right. The people who are like, well, wait a second. The story jumped the shark because the brother turned on the brother. It's like I feel like every the hardy like every brother or sister like there's always 
family drama yeah. for but then 50 they always years in work wrestling. it out like, I have a fight yes. with my sister once a day and then we're best friends two <laughs> minutes later um, but that's that's family and that's why this is fascinating because then you see like even the the pictures of Roman and the Usos when they were kids and they were you know playing football together and they're like they they're little kids you feel you really feel a connection to that like oh my gosh, they have this, they have deep history with each other. And I think that the stories in WWE are what hook people to want to see what's next. What's, what's going to be next? Like is, you know, at SummerSlam, everybody was wondering, is EO going to cash in? Is she going to cash in? Is, is Damien going to cash in? Are, are, are Finn and Damien going to have a knockdown drag oh, out? Nice. You know, what's going to happen? Is the group going to break up? Or are they going to stay together? And you look at um even, even the stuff with Logan Paul, you know, like I, I have to say Logan Paul has just been so impressive as far as just what he has learned in such a short amount of time and his commitment to WWE. I know he's not full time with the company. I know he's got a bunch of other stuff that he does. But when he has a match, he shows up and he shows out and he does really, really well. His match with um, Ricochet on, on SummerSlam was awesome. They did so many innovative things, and but they still had a story because you can't just get by off of doing moves and flips and things that you just see on TikTok. You have to have a story. This day and age, everybody can do a damn flip. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Crazy, yeah. You gotta have a story, and so I think that's the great thing about WWE right now is that you know we have so many good stories, and I'm excited to see like what's gonna happen. You know, is Oscar gonna get a rematch against EO? I know Bianca. You know, she she fought. It was a. I mean, she won, and then she was cashed in on, so she's gonna want redemption. You know, Charlotte Flair is not going down without a fight. Yeah. She wants to be front and center, and and I don't blame her. You know, when you work hard to get to where you're at, you don't want to lose your spot so it's it's interesting that story that those girls had on the show and then even with Rhonda and Shayna Mm -hmm. you know they it it, Rhonda is a huge catalyst and Shayna you know having having that SummerSlam match just like Rhonda said but Shayna is a huge reason why Rhonda ever came to WWE Mm -hmm. so for me as as a fan it's thought-provoking because I'm now part of the audience going and I said this to Rhonda and Shayna both I was like I agree with Shayna on this and I agree with Rhonda on this Shayna wouldn't have that without Ronda. Ronda wouldn't have had that without Shayna. So it makes you almost go, whose side do I want to be on? Because it's thought provoking. And I saw that picture that Shayna Baszler posted. I mean, her hand was taped up, her oh, arm was God. in a brace, her eye was swollen shut. I was like, those women went to war. Yes. You know. Uh Natty, what is your opinion on like the state of stables in the WWE? So like, yeah, the judgment day has just been popping off and, and the fans love to hate it, I feel like. It's it's when Dom takes the mic, right? And everyone's just booing, but also it works so well. And obviously damage control with Bailey and EO and Dakota Kai. Uh, are you looking to like start the next big stable also? Is if that is that you part guys of your have plans? ideas? Let me know because I've been thinking about it myself. Like what what's so great about stables is that there's strength in numbers. You know, you look at um AJ Styles and the Good Brothers and, and Mia Yim, you look at like the Viking Raiders, you look at even with, you know, uh, Otis and Gable and, and Maxine, like having strength in numbers, having a stable, it, it really, and it's so cool when a girl is involved in that stable because then, you know, you, you can have different pairings and different matches and things you've never seen, but there's strength in numbers and it gets what stables do also they allow more people to get on TV. They yes. help build build more people. And like the Judgment Day has turned out to be something super fascinating that, you know, when it was first kind of getting started, you were wondering, where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. And then everybody saw this really, you know, with Dom, his whole ascension has been so organic because when you look at Dom, you're like, 
this kid is so ungrateful. He, he's he been disrespectful to his dad. He disrespected Edge. He disrespected his mother. He disrespected his sister. And he's just this spoiled, entitled brat that the audience goes, you know what? You're a little jerk. If you if you call in sick, you're he's probably one of those people that calls in sick sick and says, you know, I don't feel it today. You know, like he's he's that. What do they say? Is it Gen X? Is uh, it, well, Gen Z is Gen the, Z is like Gen the Z. new one. Yeah, it's the new one where yeah. it's like you know it used to be those damn millennials, <laughs> but um, Dom is Dom is just a spoiled brat. So, yeah, we've got. I feel like like I feel like we're kind of you and I are like fringe millennials. I don't know if yeah. we have a group. But it's like. Now we're like, okay, now we're the ones that are off the hook and it's the Gen Z, like, spoiled yeah, you know, generation. Because I heard for a while, you know, Vince McMahon would be like, those millennials. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But, but that's the thing. Is that, millennials, like, Jack. Those spoiled they can millennials. kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's just cool to see all the different factions. I would love to have a faction. I would love to. I'm always about building and developing new talent so for me if i was to have a faction i would have roxanne perez from nxt cora jade tiffany and ooh, jc jane would be somebody really great to have in yeah. a faction i would like all those girls in a faction with me and all a first ever all-female faction love it i love it <laughs> you know uh so we were we were sent this note here which i think is fascinating and i have a question off of it uh, that you were recently awarded or given certifications for six Guinness books of uh, Guinness Book of World Records records no, marks or however you want to say it. So you have the most ever women's division matches, one thousand five hundred fourteen, which is incredible. How do you, over the course of a career in which you're taking bumps, and it's not just like Monday Night Raw, which is going to be on TV. You're going to live shows. Yeah, you're going- those matches, by the way, don't include live shows. So these don't include no. you're going to Hartford on a Tuesday yeah. or something. These are televised matches. <laughs> yeah. So it's really the, like 3,000 matches not, or something. Not to mention the damn matches that I have in my ring at the dungeon. Right. Right, um, exactly. How do you, like, what does your day-to-day look like? And, and you're traveling all the time. How do you just stay healthy, I guess? For- I, I it, Well, first of all, I take, I take so much pride in taking care of my body and my brain. Um, I just for me, you know, Alzheimer's had run in our family and, and so on my dad's side, my dad had suffered from it. And, um, I just take meticulous care of my body because without my brain being healthy, I can't do the things that I want to do. My body can't function the way that it needs to. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm all about like when I'm home, when I'm not doing a live event or a premium live event or a raw or a SmackDown or NXT or whatever it may be, I am on a table. I'm working with an ART therapist, an active release therapist. I work with an adrenal specialist. I'm on the table as much as LeBron James or Tom yeah. Brady was. because and, I, and I'm just religious about what I put in my body. I'm huge into vitamins and supplements. and Because if I want to compete at this level, where right now our women's division is at the height you know, of where, like, it's it's so competitive to be a part of our women's division right now. I need my body firing on all cylinders. So I take meticulous care of my body. I, I, I was blessed with incredible genetics. I've had one injury in WWE in the course of 16 years. Wow. Um, knock on wood. Knock on wood. Knock we're not, on, not going to be the podcast that yeah. jinx this. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, as I say, stuff happens. Um, but I've, I've been very lucky. I'm, I have very good genetics, but I take care of my body and I take calculated risks. I heard one time Booker T say, and I couldn't agree more with him. He said, you know, you got a live event match, you got a, a television match, and you got like a pay per view match. So 
you know, we're on the roads 300 days a year. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be smart. You can't, you know, I can't go off and do a suicide dive. Not that you're ever going to see me do that. Yeah. <laughs> but you just have to be smart because it's about longevity so that we can go out there and, and do the things. But we give it our all on live events, too. You oh know, it's gosh. just yeah. it's just about being calculated, knowing who you're in the ring with. If you're in the ring with somebody that's brand new and they're nervous and this is their first match, you know, you, you you're smarter about how you handle yourself. If you're in the ring with somebody like, if I'm in the ring with somebody like Charlotte Flair, we've wrestled each other so many times that I know, hey, we can really take it to the limit. Um, and, and Rhea Ripley and I, we've been working on all the live events together and like competing against each other. And trust me, both of us, we sometimes come out with bloody faces, bruises. I, I'll go back to my hotel and I'm like, I'm covered in bruises. Yeah. And then I see Rhea and she's got like blood coming from her mouth and live event pictures. I'm like, okay, Sorry we said that, yeah. we said take it easy on the live event. But, <laughs> but no, I love what I do and I'm very smart. I treat my body right. And I just think that's what's so great about especially this generation of men and women in, in the industry is that if we're not playing video games and if I'm, you know, if I'm not... If I'm not working with different therapists and health specialists, you know, we're in the ring, we're practicing, we're training, we love what we do. And and that brings me to even my own dungeon that I have, which yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the footage. We, yeah. I love it when people come train with us and they work on different ideologies and Dawkins has been how training, much training with us. How much training do you do? Like who, who are some of the, I know you, not to like have you brag about yourself, whatever, but you do train younger wrestlers. And I love working with people that have passion for this. So Ronda Rousey, before she ever came to WWE, I worked with her privately, um, which was really cool because she actually was so driven to learn this. Um, But I've worked with Liv Morgan. I've worked with Shotzi. I've worked with Angelo Dawkins. I've worked with Apollo, um, Raquel. um, I'm just trying to think. Um, EO was actually just training with us in the dungeon a couple weeks ago. Um, we've had some Japanese female wrestlers come in from stardom and come, come and work with us. Wow. Um, there's just, there's so many people and we've had everybody from Cesaro to Christian to, you know, just people that have come to our ring and, you know, we're friends with so many people in the industry. So, and, and, and I, it's not just about the in-ring stuff too. I look at guys, you know, that like edge, for example, when I need help with a promo, I can call Edge up and go, hey, can you help me with this promo? I just, I really want to get it right. It's really important to me. And like a little while ago, he spent an hour on the phone with me going over a promo that I had. Yeah. Wow. And so being able to get that also, you know what I mean? It's not just that training in the dungeon, but like, we're just very lucky to have those resources. Declan does that for Vikings rants. Like, yeah. you know, if I need yep. help, I'm like, sure I'm going to complain mirror. about Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Stop on the phone. God. Uh, Nat- Natalia, I heard a clip from Bret Hart last week saying he was asked who has given the best sharpshooters. And I think he actually responded with, well, I can tell you who gave the worst sharpshooters. Because he said people actually put it on backwards all the time. Because people, I think, think it's like a, just a normal, yeah, you step through, you cross the legs and move it over. Did it take you a long time? To master that sharpshooter, and do you, I guess, get annoyed uh, when someone tries to put you in it that is doing it backwards? Um, well, it's, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I think I do mine differently than Brett does, so he's probably talking about me as well. Um, no, I'm just kidding, but I mean, yeah, like the thing with the sharpshooter is that 
especially if your legs aren't long. Like if I was putting hornswoggle in a sharpshooter, it's a little, <laughs> it's a little tricky. Um, it's, and That's some, the content we need right yeah. now, and, actually. Right? And some sometimes, like if your legs are too long, like if I was putting Titus O'Neil in a sharpshooter, it's a little yeah. tricky. So it's like you gotta you have just the, reach the ropes. You gotta have the perfect legs for it. Um, but like if somebody's got really like Rhea Rhea Ripley, perfect legs for the sharpshooter. Yeah, she's got the perfect legs for the sharpshooter. I don't need you too short or too tall. Right. It's, it, it's it's tricky. And also what's tricky is doing the double sharpshooter. So I remember at WrestleMania, Sonia and Chelsea, um, at res- this past WrestleMania, I was like, just don't move. Just don't move. <laughs> um, and they were both like, stop bossing us around. <laughs> the double sharpshooter is, uh, I, I was, I was just kind of going through some, some of your different like magic. I've, you, you put that on flawlessly. It looks like it's, uh. It's just a tangled knot of legs. and uh, It's you tricky because if one person moves the wrong way, the whole thing comes apart. And yep. then I make Botchamania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you, were, uh, if you were talking to, you're introducing uh, a new fan to the WWE. And with your family history going back decades and decades, if you had, all right, go through the entire Peacock, you know, uh, WWE library. For a new fan, what era or is there a match or an era that you would introduce? Start with this. And then work your way through the rest of the that library. That is such a great question. For anybody that's new that wants to be a student of the game or is like, what is this? Or what? The match that I always say, watch this match. Can I guess? Yes. WrestleMania 10. On one versus Brett. <laughs> you just read my is mind. It? Oh, you nailed it. You just that's read my That's one of the greatest matches of all. So it, it's just, a, and that's the thing is it's ma- <laughs> Brett and Owen were storytellers and so you know people look back at Bret Hart's matches Bret was a master storyteller so I always say to people if you want to get into this and you want to learn what this is about watch Bret Hart versus Owen Hart Wrestlemania 10 Madison Square Garden it it is you know Madison Square Garden to this day is still one of my favorite places to compete because there's so much history there but Bret Owen was the little bratty brother and Bret was the big brother trying to like you know be noble and honorable and it was just an easy story to follow but it was this beautiful beautiful match and you could understand the story because a match is a story and a story is a match so that match was magical and it was so great because I look back on that match and think I'm so happy that they got to do that because it was really such a highlight in Owen's professional career where Owen got the chance to shine and I remember Brett really fighting for Owen to have that match a lot of people don't know that but Brett behind the scenes fought very hard for Owen to be a part of that storyline so that Owen would have a chance to, I think, I think something different was suggested. Um, and, and Brett said, no, I want it to be Owen. It and, has to and, be Owen. and the roster was, that was kind of a transition period and the roster was a little thinner then. And so if I'm Brett wrestled, Brett, and Yoko, did Yoko's in a wrestle twice? Brett wrestled yeah. twice. Brett wrestled twice. Yeah. You are a wrestling historian. Oh my, I, <laughs> I'm so I'm impressed. So, I'm a nerd. And, and that, so I, I was born in 1985. And so I grew up, like I remember my first show as a kid going to uh, Target Center in like by the way targetcenter.com if you want to get tickets to uh, the Raw after SummerSlam tonight. Dex and I are going to be on the floor just making idiots of ourselves, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But I remember it was uh, it was 1992. Macho Man and Ric Flair were the headliners. I met Jumpin' Jim Brunzel in like an autograph line, and then to, to have him then like come on our show once in a while later. But I'm pretty sure it was the Rockers, the Hart Foundation. And uh, demolition, and maybe Legion of Doom had come over from NWA, but like those were the what tag teams, right? What a crew! And at the time, you're like, oh, the demolition. Now as an adult, you're like, why are they dressed up like dominatrix uh, performers? Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but, but little uh, did you know they were yeah. one of the greatest tag teams of <laughs> all time. But yeah. I love, I love that you have that history, and it's like. 
because because I love talking to people about the industry that are passionate. Mm-hmm. And I can tell that you guys are passionate, like because I, I love it. I'm a fan. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm a performer, but I'm also a fan. And I think that's why sometimes the most successful people in our industry, they started out as fans yeah. like Bailey, like Seth Rollins. You know, you think like my husband and I like my husband's like a wrestling historian, too. He knows he knows about matches that Bret Hart's had that Bret doesn't even know he had. Yeah. You know, yeah. so he he saw Billy Kidman at work the other day, and he was like, "Yeah, I remember that match that you have with so and so." And Billy Kidman's like, "I don't even remember that match." <laughs> no idea. He's like, it yeah. was this pay per view. It was this? <laughs> like, I love it. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yeah, we have a couple minutes, so we want to respect Natalia's time, but Dax, fire away uh, last couple minutes here. Uh, Natty, I know your dad played in the NFL for a little bit, and I know the Hearts are also based in Canada. Are there some pseudo-Vikings fans in the Hart family that we don't know about? Was your dad a Vikings fan, or is anyone in the Hart family big football NFL fans that you know of? Well, my dad was a ma- like my dad loved football. My dad played for the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, he was a nose guard. Um, he had an injury, so it, that it's funny, his football career actually ended up launching him into wrestling because when he got injured and he had some behavioral issues and it was just this big mess, you know, parent stuff. I was always the parent to my parent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my dad was like my kid. Um, but my dad, when his football career ended, he ended up getting into wrestling, met my grandfather through a mutual friend and was like, my grandfather saw him and was like, you are this, you know, this big SOB is I think that's how my grandfather first introduced myself or introduced himself to my dad and he saw this big burly football player. So my dad's football career ending was how he got into wrestling. And so my dad isn't when, when he was alive, he was just a huge football buff. So I'm sure he loved, sure he loved the Vikings, but (laughs) played for the Cowboys. His favorite team ever was the Raiders. Okay. So I don't know if there's a rivalry there. Well, they did play each other in a Super Super Bowl Bowl in the (laughs) seventies. It did not go well for the Vikings. John Madden was the coach of the Raiders at the time before he got into broadcasting. So, yeah. So there could have been a rivalry, but like, I mean, my dad loved football a lot and it's funny because a lot of people in WWE, like Roman Reigns, used to play football and so Baron Corbin. I, so uh, one of my first jobs in Minnesota sports media, I was a Vikings beat writer for a different radio station in 2007. Roman Reigns was, I covered him in Vikings training camp. You're kidding. He was Joe, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, the, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. and he was, and he was massive. And I think, I think he, had, he that might've been when he was going through a bout of health issues. And, and I, so I think he actually got removed from the roster for health reasons, right. but and then, of course, uh, two years before that, Brock Lesnar was in Vikings camp. Right. Had never played football before. Ever. He was a college wrestler, high school wrestler. And he would just, like, start fights in practice. And I was like, dude, what, what, we're on the same team, guy. What do you... Yeah, Brock is like, we were just saying a little earlier, Brock is such an anomaly. Like, they're... they're He's he's wild. He's crazy. Again, we say my, my, I was joking about my dad with behavioral issues, but Brock is just going to be Brock. He's going to do Brock. You know what I mean? Like when he does an appearance, like you never know when he's going to show up on a raw and throw a chair or, or drive a forklift a and lift or, the ring up or yeah. something. Drive a know, forklift, like, yeah. lift the ring up. Yeah. Like he's, it's funny because like I'll even walk past Brock in the hallway. I'm like, oh my God, Brock is so scary. But he's actually like a big, if you get to know him, he's a big teddy bear. And he is. And if you, you know, around here, cause I, he went to school, he, he went to school a mile down the street from where the studio is right now uh, in college. And so he'll sometimes for like a gopher, Minnesota gopher wrestling event. 
He'll just be at Stubborn Herbs on campus, the bar on campus. You'll just see yeah. Brock Lesnar will That's just be crazy. like drinking, drinking a beer, whatever, you know, <laughs> relaxing, Coors hanging Light out. or something. Yeah. yeah, there he is. No, he's Brock is great. And like, I, I love that you guys have so much passion for for what we do and for, for people in the industry, like just hearing that about Roman being, yeah. part, you know, part of the Vikings. And it's it's really cool. So are you is there a rival team that I should know about right now? I'm not a football buff. You're not a football buff. Uh, so now you're a Vikings fan. I'm as a of today. huge Vikings fan. If you're fan. looking to adopt a team, Natalia, you're uh, here first, folks, is a Vikings fan. Vikings fan all yeah. the way. <laughs> uh, it is. I, I think, and I don't I don't want to get you in trouble here, but there are some rumblings that sometime soon, WrestleMania could come to the new stadium in Minneapolis here. So if that you happens. You better get your boxing gloves on because every damn city and everybody wants everybody wants WrestleMania. We and would, so, there's such a heritage here. We, we kind of feel like, all right. All the famous wrestlers, like Ric Flair went to school here, you know, ravishing Rick Rue. There's all these guys, Kurt Hennig. Let's just, let's it's, one that, time. All it, we need is one time. That would be so cool. It, it It's funny because like when you think about the kind of money that WrestleMania generates for a city, I mean, like this year we smashed records. Yeah. And so moving it, it to two days, I know it was, it was so a pandemic better, thing. Yeah. It was like stumbling into this gold yeah. mine idea, right? It's, it, it would be so cool. I mean, like. One day is awesome because it's just that one night, but two days give everybody a chance to actually soak in the matches because yes. you don't feel so overwhelmed because listen, I love, I love WWE. You love WWE, but I don't have an attention span to watch anything for eight hours. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. the only person I know that does is probably my husband. He, he could like sit through <laughs> all sit of it, there, yeah. but, but so it is nice to have it over two days. And of course, like I said, every city is trying to trying to secure WrestleMania because of what what it does for the city. It's so exciting. I'm always like, we need, you know, for every, it's, we go to England. They're like, we want WrestleMania. We go yeah. to Canada. They're like, we want WrestleMania. <laughs> there's, uh, like, there's like, there's Super Bowl, WrestleMania, Taylor <laughs> Swift, two nights. Uh, you know, there's like, those are like the three big economy movers <laughs> now in it. our country. And Barbie. <laughs> and Barbie. <laughs> and Barbie. Yes. Uh, yeah. yes. No, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's an exciting time for, for the company. It's an exciting time for, I mean, every show that I'm on is practically sold out if not sold out I money awesome. in the bank I had people in England friends of mine that were like you know very close friends like oh can we get tickets to the show I'm like guys newsflash it the show sold out in one minute people have to know at this point what it's, it's, it's asking it's the getting, asking for tickets thing though right so so hard to get tickets yeah so but but anyway I I just you know I hope you guys get a chance to have WrestleMania here um you certainly God, deserve man. it the Vikings would love it yes, I would love go. it you guys would love it <laughs> um it would be it would be very cool for sure if you guys ended up having that work out for you hey thank you yeah thank thank you thank <laughs> get you for the that. boxing yeah. gloves because yeah. you're gonna have to fight <laughs> for it. it awesome uh, Natalia we appreciate you coming in uh, now that you've made your second appearance you are officially a friend of the show here so and I want to be a co-host I'm actually loving how this all looks I just feel yeah. so professional <laughs> <laughs> you're into this whole YouTube thing now right yeah that's great yeah no I you know what the funny thing is and I'll we'll wrap up but like I feel like I'm having a hard time keeping up with content because, oh it's like, impossible the other day they were like you got to get on you or you got to get on tiktok and i'm like wait i'm trying to keep up with twitter youtube tiktok facebook threads now we got uh, instagram threads, threads yeah. which like, is new there's only so many cat pictures that i can post <laughs> I know, oh my gosh yeah do you have accounts for your instagram accounts for each cat or do you just do for you, one just for one okay he, the only like our cat Tupaz is the most charismatic cat of, of the house so he gets his own instagram page if you're not following him yeah make sure to go check him out at Tupaz. two is in the number and then p-a-w-z i've basically threatened everybody at work to follow my cat if i see that seth rollins isn't following him or <laughs> Becky Lynch better be following him. I, I 
Braun Strowman and I, we we had we almost went nose to nose because he wasn't following two bucks. Does Braun Strowman have a cat? <laughs> no. He's he's a dog person. That doesn't matter. I was, yeah, was going to say, it'd be kind of an upset if he was like, <laughs> yeah, had cat 16 guy. cats at home. <laughs> you know, there's Braun Strowman just. Two types of people in WWE there's dog people and there's yeah. cat people. <laughs> Don't even get me started. So follow Natalia, follow Two Paws, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you on again hopefully sometime and you can talk some Vikings with us. Love depth, that. Right? My favorite team. <laughs> there she is. All right, WWE's Natalia here on Mackie and Judd, minus Judd with just Declan. See you guys.